Hello world, my name is Joel. I was born in 1974 and I've been trying for over a year now very hard to hit the ground running with putting things in your ear hole worth hearing. Here goes. I basically grew up, I'm 46 years right now in 2020. That's a whole nother podcast, what 2020 is. 2020 commemorates a heretic Jew in the Roman Empire from Nazareth, Pennsylvania. His name was Jesus. And I'm sorry, not Nazareth, Pennsylvania. That's why I need to have another fucking podcast. We're talking Rome. We're talking the Middle East. We're talking thousands of years ago. We're talking someone who is described as a Jew, but yet heavily criticized and not revered by Jews. It's a whole nother podcast. So, hitting the ground running. Bap, bap. That was, uh, that was the first hit. Second hit. Heart of the hit. Bury my heart at wounded knee hit. I basically grew up with the digital. The digital black hole universe that is opening up across planet Earth. Or arguably has opened up across planet Earth. But it still is. Black holes don't stop. I grew up with it. When I was a child, the very, very first video game was called Pong, and I saw it at a great cousin's house. Great cousin meaning my grandmother's sister's son. And the type type of computers that you could type on didn't exist except for scientists. So um, I grew up with the Atari 2600 in my basement. Uh, hours every day, and to this day I have an hours every day addiction to the digital. Nature is better. I don't believe nature can infect the digital. I don't think that the creator of the digital can then infect the digital. That's what abusive parents try to do. And nature is not abusive. So, my first 20 years of my life, I, I did not believe that the United States of America was at war with life on Earth as we know it. I didn't believe that state and federal governments were against the people. The first inkling I had, the first time that I began to believe that, was in the year 2000 when the Bush family stole the presidency, the Florida Supreme Court and the Bush family. And and the, the actual Supreme Court, of course, too, because, of course, they are supreme, aren't they? So I was not using the digital universe then. I was writing my thoughts out on pen and paper and typing them as you would have when I grew up on a typewriter, but I was using computers as a typewriter, as a word processor. And then 9-11 happened. And when it did, I believed that Osama bin Laden and the Muslim jihadi terrorist fanatics that were willing to kill innocent humans did so because the Bush family was in the White House. Because the Bush family was dictating foreign policy where they lived, where the fanatical Muslim terrorists lived, that's why they were fanatical Muslim terrorists. I don't say that meaning any disrespect or any loss of reverence for anyone who was affected by the attacks on 9-11. The attacks on 9-11 were a physical attack on New York City. They were an ideological attack on Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, I don't think that you can physically attack Washington, D.C. 
because it is an ideology. And I don't think that you can ideologically attack New York City because it is a physicality. As long as either exists, one in idea, one in the physical, you cannot destroy either. The opposite is not true. Hit the ground running, y'all. Hit the ground running. Hit it, hit it, hit it. <sighs> so that's when I realized that a coup had occurred in the United States of America. Since then, I've realized that it was not necessarily a coup, although I do believe it was a coup. It has always been that coup. Because the people have never had their voice. The George Herbert Walker Bushes, the Prescott Bushes, the George W. Bushes, painting their doggy dogs in their bathy baths, the Trumps. Every single one of them is not empowering the voice of the people. Guantanamo Bay still exists. Drone warfare still exists. Concentration camps still exist. And torture still exists. And the United States federal government is the fucking perpetrator. It fucking always has been. Hit the ground running. So after 9-11, George W. and his daddy decided that the Republican National Convention would be, should be, held in fucking New York City. I don't even believe that fucking Republicans or Democrats or political parties are constitutional. Just like corporations, they were created to subvert the Constitution of the United States. They were created to subvert the will of the people. So God damn it. God damn them. I went to fucking protest. The entire week of the Republican National Convention before, after, I was in the streets with a newspaper from some fucking anarchists. It was called The Shadow. I got it at some fucking Dutch bookstore in Philly. And it said, Bush to U.S., up yours. And there was a fucking altered picture of W holding a fucking middle finger up. It actually was his little poodle. His little French poodle. His little black poodle. But they changed it to the bird. Because that's what he does. He gives us all the bird. That's all he's fucking good for. The fucking bird. So I walked around the streets of New York City with that sign, with that, what I had made into a sign, because on the other side was a prayer for peace and justice. And if anybody looked at that sign that I was holding at about heart height, I said, you know, it's true. And that was my protest for a fucking week. That's all I did. I smoked weed on the streets of New York City and held up a sign. And if people looked at it and it said, George Bush to U.S., up yours. And if they looked at it, I said, you know, it's true. And the vast majority of people agreed with me. Until I was illegally arrested in Times Square on the day of the biggest peace march that had arguably ever occurred in the history of politics in the United States of America with regards to political parties. It was against the fucking political party. And you know what we got for it, us protesters? We got a fucking $10,000 check. And you know what the fucking National Lawyers Guild, who was ambulance chasing the whole fucking thing with their orange hats on and their fucking day glow puke green disgusting 
fucking neon shit built made in China fucking hats. You know what? They got $10,000 for every protester that they fucking represented. So the protesters got half and the fucking lawyers got half. So don't talk to me about paid protesters. Talk to me about fucking paid judges and lawyers. Fuck you. Hit the ground running. So, so then there was an eight-year fucking court case regarding my fucking standing on a sidewalk with a sign that said George Bush to U.S. up yours in protest of the fucking Republican Party and their fucking power and their fucking lies and their fucking wars. And so I created a blog. I, didn't, I hate that fucking word, B-L-O-G, blog. But at the time, in 2005, there was a free one, and it was called blogspot.com. Now, I don't know if fucking Google had already bought it by then, but it was fucking free, and it was fucking simple. It made sense, and I fucking grabbed it as a fucking evidence fucking piece against the ongoing injustice in the United States of America, and I called it Transcend dance because I had noticed that those three words when put together sounded a lot like transcendence and I was a huge fan of American transcendentalism as nucleus by Ralph Waldo Emerson speaking of nucleus they wrote a song that fucking changed my life it's called jam on it so on that blog because I'm a romantic idealist and I'm optimistic and I believe that paradise does exist on earth, can exist on earth for everyone, will exist on earth for everyone. Because I'm a dreamer. And someday we'll find it. That that connection. Almost like if the sun was beating down on earth and the water that kept us alive was fractured by that sun. Almost like if there was some sort of a magical connection I believe we can find it me and you dear listener thank you for being a friend <sighs> let's go now um, I've heard let's go on a podcast it's called The Doug Pound. I'd love to be on that podcast someday. They're one of the people that inspired me to do this. These two nuts from California. But anyway, let's go. The way that I know that that phrase, let's go, is from 9-11. I'm not trying to make all roads lead back to a fucking attack. But there were some people that were in a plane. And their plane was being attacked by terrorists. And a man was talking to his family on the phone and he was letting them know that it was happening. And the way that he, the way that he stopped the terrorists and crashed the plane as a result was by turning to his compatriots that were going to stop the uprising on the plane, that were going to stop the terrorists. And he said, let's go. That was, that was the last thing that was recorded. So I, I you know. It's one of the weird things about comedy. Doug Pound helped make that phrase fun for me. Because it was tragic. Everything was fucking tragic. Everything from 9-11 made the whole fucking country a tragedy. 
And guess what? The country is a fucking tragedy. The federal government has always acted tragic. The federal government has always acted tragically. The people haven't. The government has. I was just following orders, General Costa. I'm going to finish this rant now because I'm all worked up. I'm getting manic. My mom will get upset if she hears me getting like this. But I'm going to leave you on this note with this fucking excerpt of fucking maniacal rants. 9-11 happened 19 fucking 20 years ago. I'm attempting to attack the fictions that claim to run our lives. I'm attempting to attack alleged systems of democracy, alleged systems of justice, alleged bastions of freedom and democracy and liberty. I want them fucking destroyed and fucking remade in the image that they allege to fucking espouse. I ask this to you, dear, dear listener, almost called you dear reader. I, I am the internet has killed my love of writing and reading, but that doesn't change the fact that the power of writing and reading created, created the internet, created the digital. How many people in this country, the United States of America, do you think know why Osama bin Laden orchestrated the attack on the on 9-11. Why did Osama bin Laden want innocent U.S. civilians dead? Why did he attack Washington, D.C.? Or is it incredible Danae, grandmother says, Washington, Washington, Washington,
Brother Jeffrey Lewis, 22 years old. In silence on some back road in Oregon today, where Ted there might have been an SUV. A big old gas guzzling SUV. The birds are singing louder. I love that song. That was a song by StubX, who was an artist that I first met. Friend of a friend. They were in bands together in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania in the early 90s. I have that man to thank for introducing me to the book Be Here Now by Ram Das. And I'll never forget, after I thanked him for, for the book, which I manically read in like 48 hours, when I gave it back to him, 
I was in his bedroom in Conshohocken, and, and he had cultivated a vine which was growing from the outside of the townhome. It had come in through a crack in the bricks and was growing across his, his, the ceiling of his bedroom. I'd never seen anything like it. It was amazing. He also played for me the vinyl version of a talk that Ram Dass gave, uh, possibly called Experiments in Truth, that his father had given him. And it was such amazing knowledge from such an amazing person. It was such a gift that he shared that with me, especially because I did not have a father who was reading or listening to Ram Dass. I had a father who was bouncing his balls around to the Rolling Stones. Stub X uh, changed my life in more ways than one. And uh, if you have any interest in supporting an incredible human being who is trying really hard to make paradise on earth for the people who need it and deserve it the most, in my humble opinion, uh, there's an organization called Black Mesa Indigenous Support that uh, I can personally vouch for as a life-changing crew of amazing, caring people. And uh, their cause is to allow indigenous people on the Dineta. The modern state of Arizona is a part of it, and specifically Black Mesa Indigenous Support, BMIS, is a collective of caring human beings who are trying to focalize assistance to people who are being oppressed by a genocidal culture. I believe that the only way that the ideals, ideas, and beliefs that the federal government of the United States, as proposed by the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, the only way that the federal government can exist today, now, is if the indigenous people of the Americas, the first peoples, the families, the humans, the cultures that were forced to sign treaties that were then broken, they need to own this mess now because they can fix it. If the ancestors of the tribes whose land was stolen were in and controlled, if all of the senators and all of the members of the House of Representatives and the President and the Supreme Court and the federal judges, if everything federal was run by Native Americans, indigenous people, first peoples, I believe that is the start of paradise on earth on a federal and national level and you know sorry for my nationalism but um for the whole world it seems like polite cultured usa society nowadays the the same rational folk who enjoy bartender beverages at country clubs and bars and go to concerts and eat out at restaurants they're told that they have to believe that the only two parties exist in the USA, a Republican and a Democrat, and that the Republicans are conservatives and the Democrats are liberals. And I don't believe any of that. It's never made sense to me. I don't think it ever will. I don't believe it's constitutional. I believe that it's a coup. 
that multinational corporations are taking over the world, and they started doing that in the USA hundreds of years ago. To my knowledge, corporations began with the end of the Civil War and the end of slavery, and racist Southern judges used corporations to help prop up racist practices. It's, it's a legal dodge, a corporation, is, is a way to hide behind laws. Corporations don't exist on Earth in any way other than legal theory. So I guess my podcast that I'm trying to start for over a year now is an attempt to give one person's voice to a system that doesn't make sense and isn't sustainable and is built on lies and death. For example, we've been experiencing the coronavirus pandemic for a couple months now, and just the notion that we can have a 35-year war in Afghanistan and a 20-year war in Iraq, and I'd like to do a search and find out how many w countries we're actively at war with right now. Not, not declared war, but killing people inside the borders of their nation. How many, how many countries are we doing that in? And have we slowed down in any way uh, since shutting down our own society? I have a feeling that the war machine rolls on. Uh, these aren't things that the people of the USA are even given access to. Uh, this is what I mean by a coup. So in these strange dark times, with one person trying to assert their one voice, and, and by the way, I am a 46-year-old, uh, in-the-sun, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white devil, raised Irish Catholic, northeast coast of, of the USA. I was born on City Line Avenue in Philadelphia, or on the edge of Philadelphia, on City Line Avenue. And I grew up 45 minutes west of Philadelphia, halfway between the city and Amish country. That said, uh, that being my voice, that being the voice that I come from, I just want to share, to start, a page from a free newspaper that I got in a national forest uh, during a prayer for peace by the Rainbow Family of Living Light. You could call it a cult, I suppose, but if everyone's invited and everyone's in, unless they don't want to be, kind of puts an end run around the concept of a cult. So it says, uh, I've learned, quote, I've learned that you cannot make someone love you. All you can do is be someone who can be loved. The rest is up to them. I've learned that no matter how much I care, some people just don't care back. I've learned that it takes years to build up trust and only seconds to destroy it. I've learned that you can do something in an instant that will give you a heartache for life. I've learned that it's not what you have in life, but who you have in your life that counts. I've learned that no matter how thin you slice it, there are always two sides. I've learned that you should always leave loved ones with loving words. It may be the last time you see them. I've learned that we are responsible for what we do no matter how we feel. I've learned that there are people who love you dearly but just don't know how to show it. I've learned that if true friendship continues to grow, even over the longest distance, same goes for true love. I've learned that just because someone doesn't love you the way you want them to, it doesn't mean they don't love you with all they have. I've learned that maturity has more to do with what types of experiences you've had and what you've learned 
from them and less to do with how many birthdays you've celebrated. I've learned that no matter how good a friend someone is, they're going to hurt you once in a while, and you must forgive them for that. I've learned that no matter how bad your heart is broken, the world doesn't stop for your grief. I've learned that just because two people argue, it doesn't mean they don't love each other. And just because they don't argue, it doesn't mean they do. I've learned that we wouldn't have to change friends if we understood that friends change. I've learned that you shouldn't be so eager to find out a secret. It could change your life forever. I've learned that there are so many ways of falling and staying in love. I've learned that no matter how many friends you have, if you are their pillar, you will feel lonely and lost at the times you need the most. I've learned that although the word love can have many different memories, it loses the value when overly used. I've learned that love is not for me to keep, but to pass on to the next person I see. I've learned that even when I have pains, I don't have to be one. I've learned that every day you should reach out and touch someone. People love that human touch, holding hands, a warm hug, or just a friendly pat on the back. I've learned that I have a lot to learn, and more to learn as life runs its course, to be continued as I, we, us, they, learn, submitted by Reverend Martin Paul Cheney. And then in rainbow-colored font, there is a legend uh, that is beautiful and should be shared with the world. Colors of one rainbow family, tribe, clan. Once upon a time, the great colors of the world started to quarrel. All claimed they were the best, the most important, the most useful, or the favorite of great creator, God of many names in many religions and beliefs. Green said, Clearly I'm the most important. I'm the sign of life upon Mother Earth and of hope. I was chosen for grass, trees, and leaves. Without me, all animals would die. Look over the countryside and you'll see that I am in the majority. Blue interrupted. You only think about the Mother Earth, but consider the sky and the sea. It is the water that is the basis of life and drawn up by the clouds from the deep blue sea. The sky gives space and peace and serenity. Without my peace, you would all be nothing. Yellow chuckled. You are all so serious. I bring laughter, gaiety, and warmth into the world you speak of. The sun is yellow, the moon is yellow, the stars are yellow. Every time you look at a sunflower, the whole world starts to smile. Without me, there would be no fun. Orange started next to blow her trumpet. I'm the color of health and strength. I may be scarce, but I am precious, for I serve the needs of human life. I carry the most important vitamins. Think of carrots, pumpkins, oranges, mangoes, and papayas. I don't hang around all the time, but when I fill the sky at sunrise or sunset, my beauty is so striking that no one gives another thought to any of you. Red could stand it no longer. He shouted out, I am the ruler of all of you. I am blood, DNA, life's blood. I am the color of danger and of bravery. I am willing to fight for a cause. I bring fire into the blood. Without me, the earth would be as empty as the moon. I am the color of passion and love, the red rose, the poinsettia, the poppy. Purple rose up to his full height. He was very tall and spoke with great pomp. I am the color of royalty and power. Kings, chiefs, and bishops have always chosen me, for I am the sign of authority, knowledge, and wisdom. People do not question me. They listen and obey. And at last Indigo spoke. 
much more quietly than all the others, but with just as much determination. Think of me. I'm the color of silence. You hardly notice me, but without me, you would all become superficial. I represent thought and reflection, twilight and deep water. You need me for balance and contrast, for prayer and inner peace. And so the colors went on boasting, each convinced of his or her own superiority. Their quarreling became louder and louder. Suddenly there was a startling flash of bright lightning. Thunder rolled and boomed. Rain started to pour down relentlessly. The colors crouched down in fear, drawing close to one another for comfort. In the midst of the clamor, great creator, God of many names and many religions and beliefs, began to speak. You foolish colors fighting amongst yourselves, each trying to dominate the rest. Don't you know that you were each made for a special purpose, unique and different? Join hands with one another and come to me. Doing as they were told, the colors united and joined hands. Great creator, God of many names and many religions and beliefs, continued. From now on, when it rains, each of you will stretch across the sky in a great bow of color as a reminder that you can all live in peace. The rainbow is a sign of hope for tomorrow. And so whenever a good rain washes the world and a rainbow appears in the sky, let us remember to love and appreciate one another. So that's all on one page of a free newspaper from 2014 Uinta National Forest at the Utah National Rainbow Gathering and prayer for world peace and if you want to call it a cult then I'm in that fucking cult because peace wins and peace is worth living for and war is a lie and war is bullshit and war is a mistake so moving forward, I hope to explore this from my own mind to yours with other minds. But really, the point of this is to achieve it, not just for myself, but for everyone. Peace is possible. New York City is the closest Europe has to a beachhead in the USA. It's an overcrowded place, it's a smelly place, it's a corrupt place. It's built on a lot of bullshit and lies and hustles. So I went there uh, being raised Irish Catholic. I went there in uh, the year 1999 into 2000 because I figured in my lifetime if, if I was going to ever watch the ball drop in Times Square that was the time to do it with Y2K hysteria and The lingering hammer of Islamophobia backlash about to drop on the USA in the form of 9-11, but we didn't know that at the time, uh, except for, for example, a, a choice hip-hopper named John Zap7 from Philadelphia, who at the time was a part of a two-man crew called the Disciples of Discipline, and he actually referenced Osama bin Laden before 9-11. That's another story for another pod, but... um. The reason I brought up Times Square and the start of the new millennium is because the first song that New York City decided to play in Times Square when the ball hit for the new millennium was uh, Third Rock from the Sun by Jimi Hendrix. And the only reason I know that is because of an amazing brother that was there with me that pointed out that that's what the song was. And uh, either right before or right after 
was All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. And uh, both choices were perfect. Whoever DJed that was pretty magical. And there's a wonderful family from Guatemala there in the street beside me. And um, I got a beautiful little bracelet uh, stitched by someone down there. And it was magic. And uh, as another tangent, within 10 days of that experience, I was locked up in a West Virginia County jail because a racist, alcoholic, redneck, Irish cop saw me pumping gas and I dared to have blonde dreadlocks. That's a whole other story. Um, I'm new to recording my voice. I don't like the sound of my voice. I, uh, I sincerely started a blog in 2005 in response to a coup that is still ongoing in the USA. The United States of America that I was raised in has been taken over by warmongers that kill for profit and extraction of mineral resources that cause genocide again for profit. With the irony being that uh, as of 2008 and this coronavirus pandemic, the wealth that they're willing to kill and exploit the earth for and commit genocide over is a is a digital lie is a is a digital lie the pieces of paper that we sent by the pallet over to iraq did never and will never make up for the death that our nation continues from a 50 plus year war on drugs against the people of the united states of america initiated by richard nixon to the covert CIA wars for over a hundred years in all of the Americas and now the entire globe. This shit needs to stop, folks. Told them to 
Like 